Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Luke 15 and verse 11. Heavenly Father, open eyes today. We give you honor in advance for all you accomplished through your word as it is spoken and received today in the precious name of your son, Jesus. And we all say, amen. Then he said, Luke here is talking about Jesus. Jesus had spoken for a whole chapter about lost sheep, lost coins, and now he's about to summarize the whole thing by talking about a lost child. And a few things in life more painful than a parent who, who has a child that has lost his or her way. You know, no one shows greater mercy than, than, than a parent who realizes that they desperately need mercy themselves. And a certain man had two sons. These boys shared the same DNA. They had the same parents. They uh, went to the same schools. They grew up under the same roof. But it's amazing how children can sometimes turn out so very, 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 very differently. Why? Because life is all about choices. Some choices we can celebrate, others we're not so proud of. But when it's all said and done, we become the person that we choose to become. You know, I've learned that every choice I make ultimately makes me. So I'm learning to choose wisely. And the younger of them said, to his father. You know, it's really important for a child to have a a good man or a father in uh, that child's life. But even, you know, with good fathers at home, sometimes things can go awry. Things can go wrong. And this young boy said to his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falls to me. Now, at this time in history, a child only received their inheritance after the parent died. So to the ears of those that were listening in the first century, to hear this this young man say that he wants his inheritance or his portion of goods, it was as if he was saying to, 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 to his father, I wish you were dead, old man. And I could imagine in that crowd, you see, folks were a little different back then. You know, all the dads were thinking, you know what, Jesus, if he needs to be whipped, I'll lend you my belt. You see, all this uh, no spanking and all that other stuff, this is really new in history. Folks in the ancient world didn't, didn't think like this. And, and everybody in that crowd was thinking, let me get my hands on that child. How could the father let him speak to him in this tone? But, but here's the deal. What do you do? This is the question. What do you do when the person you love wants what you have but doesn't want you? And this was a situation of the father. And you would think that the father would immediately call for the elders of the city to beat his boy at the gate or, or, or some horrible thing would happen. But the father does something absolutely unthinkable. Let's read on. So he divided to the two boys, and this was at the suggestion of the younger son, his livelihood. So the father said, if you want to go, go. It's okay. The father gave both boys but the focus right now is on the younger boy, freedom to make their own choices. And when a child reaches a, a, a certain age, and I, I'm, I'm now parenting, I used to parent you know, young kids, now I'm parenting young men, um, trying to, to, to control them only leads to resentment. Even 
when they started getting into their 16s and 17s, it wasn't so much control as much as I, I would help them think through issues and ask them tough questions so that they would consider the decisions they make. All parenting really is, is helping your children to live without you. And uh, a good parent, you know, for a good parent, it's not all about control. It's about instilling in your, your, your young person the skills and the thought process they need uh, to, to move on and, and to excel in life. And a good or a major part of parenting is learning to let go. And I'm so sure the father was, was thinking, you know, son, I love you every day and, and I'll miss you every day, but, but I love you too much to try to control you. So all I can do is love you and wait. And sometimes this is all a parent can do is love their child and wait. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together and he journeyed to a far country. To those who were listening, this father seemed like an absolute weakling to allow his son to speak to him uh, in that way and still retain his teeth was a big deal. A lot of the, the guys in the crowd, like I would drag that, that kid to the gates of the city and the elders would whip him uh, because I will not allow that in my house. But Jesus knows exactly what he's saying. He knows, he knew exactly what the reaction of the, the crowd would be. Uh, and he's setting everybody up because he understands what he's getting at. And, and just as sometimes God the Father seems weak, we look at him and say, Look, God, if you were really powerful, you were really in control, how could such horrible things happen? How could so many bad things happen on the earth, in my life, in this and on this planet? We, we ask uh, the, the same questions about God the Father. But here we see the Father not only allowed the Son's rebellion— in the midst of the situation, he respected his son's free will. And uh, this reminds me of something I read in Mere Christianity years ago, written by uh, C.S. Lewis. It's worth reading for anyone that's really interested in thinking through the gospel. And I'm going to paraphrase it, but I want you to hear what he says about free will. If a thing is free, it can not only be free to be good, but also to be bad. That's clear. If you're really free, you have to be free to, to, to be good or to be bad. It's your choice. If free will is what made evil possible, why then did God give us such freedom? Why did he give us free will? Because free will, though it makes evil possible, is the only thing that makes possible any love, any goodness, or joy worth having. If we were just automatons or computers and all we did was what we were told, there would be no love. We, we would just be doing what we were told. But, but, but because of, of freedom, there's this, we, we, there's this tension where we could choose evil and, and we could choose good. And, and God looked at the joy of making us in his image and likeness where we could love like he loved and, and we could experience passion like, like he is passionate. He said, you know what, I, I, I've waited, you know what, me controlling you and me giving you freedom. And freedom has, has won the day. And no matter what you do, it is worth it for you to experience my love my grace, and my kindness. Because we're free, God sometimes has to let people learn, though, from his absence what they refuse to learn about from his presence. So we're free, 
but also God's free. And this freedom is exercised in this tension we call life. I make choices. My neighbor makes choices. The government makes choices. Everyone's making choices. And somehow God still sits on the throne amid all of the choices that are made. And the Bible says something else, and, and, and Jesus is, is actually he's about to protect the Father. He said, and there, there in this case was in the far country that the kid was heading. Remember, he's going to a far country. He said, and there he wasted. So notice the boy had to leave the father's house before he was able to while out. So it was only there that he wasted uh, his possessions, etc. meaning daddy wouldn't let him do certain things under daddy's roof. So Jesus is making clear that the father here is not weak. He's just wise and he's patient. And there he wasted his possession or possessions with prodigal, reckless, irresponsible, and wild living. And it's hard to watch somebody that you love waste their lives. And I think in some ways God probably spared the boy's family by, by letting him, him leave so dad didn't have to watch up close and personal all the lessons this boy had to learn in order for him to become useful. But, but some things we just have to learn for ourselves. And daddy may say it, mama may say it, you know, a preacher may say it, everybody else may say it, the book might even say it. But some things we have to learn for ourselves. And, and God gave this boy freedom and the father gave this boy freedom to learn. But when he had spent all, you see, the father let him run until he ran out. And God will let you run until you run out. Sometimes we have to hit bottom before we look up. We're just that way. We're stubborn like that. And God in his wisdom said, you know what? I'm not just going to control you. I'm not just going to control you. I'm not going to do that. You're too old. So I'm going to let you do your thing. And when you're ready for me, I am here. But I want to tell you, sin is like a, a visa card. You know, joy now, but you will pay later. And that's a, a reality. And, and I've learned that. You've learned that. You know, we'll reap what we sow. And, but we believe we're the exception until we find out we're not. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, that bill eventually comes do. And sometimes if something shows up in our body, something shows up in our personality, something shows up uh, in our mind that we can't easily get rid of. And there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in what? Now, this is important. If the father would have stopped the boy's suffering, if the father would have stepped in too quickly, if he would have rescued the boy too soon, the boy would have never learned. Sometimes we, we, we must give people room to fail so they can have room to grow. And this was the case with the father, and sometimes this is the case with good parenting, and sometimes this is why God has, has given us space like this. He's given us room to fail so that we can have room to grow. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that Country. He left his land, his father, his God, his, his church, his people. And by the way, the Greek here suggests that the, the young man begged and literally forced himself upon this, this, this foreign person. And, you know, just when in this story you think it, it's gotten as bad as it could possibly get for this kid, it actually gets worse. Watch this. 
and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. For a kid that grew up on a kosher diet, meaning no pigs and, and no uh, shrimp, no, no, no shellfish, you know, this was the, the deepest this boy could outwardly sink on the outside. And the Bible goes on and said, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. Have you ever woke up asking yourself, how did I get here? How did I end up in this situation? This is where this boy found himself. It says in no one now, you know, everybody loved him when, when he had money and all his daddy's good stuff, you know, but, but where's eight ball now? Where, where's Guido now? Where, where, where's Sapphire now? And no one gave him anything. And now in the young man's thinking, you know what? He's like, you know, daddy may not be so dumb after all. D daddy knew what he was talking about because I ended up just what daddy said I would end up. Verse 17. But when he came to himself, you know, hard times can be like God smelling salt. And I think all across the nation, God is trying to, to, to offer us some smelling salt. He lets us reap what we've sown to give us a chance to snap out of it. But when he came to himself, the events of his life caused him to come to himself. So you come easy or you come hard, but we're coming. When he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have, have bread enough and enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. The father that I thought was too restricted. The daddy that I just couldn't stand his presence anymore. The daddy that, that I thought was, was too strict, too harsh, too tough, too old-fashioned, was kinder to his slaves than the devil is to his kings. America, we can't keep dancing with the devil and wonder why we're in hell. I will arise and I will go to my father. He said, I will, I, I will make the turn. The problem is not the pig pen. The issue is not the mud in the pig pen. The issue is on the inside of me. So I'm going to rise, I'm going to get up, and I am going to my father. Loved one, you may have hit bottom, but you don't have to stay there. Every night, God leaves the light on for each and every one of us. And he's longing for each of us to come back home. I'll arise and I, I will go back to my father. And, and this is what I'm going to say to him. He was serious because he, he was preparing what he was going to say to the father. He said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, heaven is God's family. I've sinned against my family. I've, I've sinned against my people. I, I've sinned against those I love, and, and I've sinned against you. Watch, it. Watch here. He didn't shift the blame. He, he didn't bring up any perceived wrongs or, or, or start talking about, well, well, you love the other brother more, or you never did this for me, yada, yada, yada. None of that. He owned his stuff. And the moment we stop repenting is the minute we stop growing. And the only way we can repent is if we own stuff. And we got to say, you know what? Yeah, I am wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, this is right, but that is wrong. Until we own it, we cannot and will not do better. He said, I'm no longer worthy. See, that was his problem. He really wasn't worthy in the first place. It was an accident of nature, if you will. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. 
He realized that nobody owed him anything. You know, entitlement, all it is is a false impression that, that you deserve more than you do. And this child was spoiled. He was entitled. He felt like he deserved so much more than he really deserved. And all of us have gone through stages and moments of our lives where we felt like we deserved so much more. And in that moment, we really lost touch with reality. Uh, you know, if God really gave us what we deserve, we wouldn't have half of what we currently have. The boy has come to himself, and he's, he, the darkness, is, the, the scales have come off his eyes, and he sees life clearly, himself clearly, but most importantly, he sees his father clearly. He said, make me, this, this is what he's saying to his daddy, you know, I felt entitled as a son. I, I, I felt you supposed to treat me a certain way. I, I felt you supposed to do things a certain way. But, but you know what? I, I realized how, how just far off base I was. I'm not even asking for sonship anymore. I don't even deserve that. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. He's saying, Father, j just hire me like a slave. I'll do what you say. I'll go where you want to go. And Father, I am so over myself. Just let me back in the house. I'm not asking for the front seat. I'm not asking for the favorite room. I just want to be part of your family again. Or actually, he wouldn't even ask. Him. I want to just be part of your estate again. And the boy finally realized that he was not owed all that he felt life and the world owed him. But when he was a still, or when he was still a great way off, the father, it's important, recognized the child from a distance. And you may think you're so covered with the smell of mud. You may think that you're so covered by the smell of pigs that God can't see you anymore. You may think that you've been in such a mess and made such a mess of your life that, that as far as God's concerned, you are unidentifiable, but nothing can hide us from the one who loves us the most. But his father, this, this is so important, his father saw him, and God still sees you. He still sees me underneath all of our attitudes, all of our mess, all of our shame. He still sees his little baby boys and baby girls. And his father saw him. And does the Bible say that, that he began shouting, how dare you come back after all the embarrassment, after all the shame you brought on this family? I'm so sick of you. You are so wrong. I, you have no right to come back to my house. None of that. The Bible says he had compassion. Now, this word, compassion, it's not as cute as our word compassion. It literally means to be moved from your stomach. When he saw his son deep down inside, his heart leapt, his stomach leapt, butterflies came. He was so excited about seeing his son come home because his daddy was bigger than the mess that that child got in. The love of the father was greater than the pig pen. The love of the father was greater than, than all the loss and, and, and all the failings that this child had experienced. And what I want to tell you today, the love of the father is bigger than anything you or I could ever, 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 ever do. There's no mud thick enough, no mud dark enough 
that can hide us from our loving God. Well, the father had compassion on him. The Bible said he ran. In that culture, running was for children or slaves. A dignified older man did not run, but this man did not care what people think. And let me tell you something, God doesn't care what people might think about you. God doesn't care about the opinion people might even have about him because of you. God loves you. The Bible says he, he ran and fell, fell. This is a highly emotional, highly charged moment. This wasn't a, you know, okay, you coming if you want to, but I don't want to talk. You go up to your room. None of that. He ran and he fell on the boy's neck and he kissed him over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. If we would just come back. Oh, there are kisses, kisses waiting. There is an embrace waiting, but you got to come back. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven. This is real repentance. This is not churchy games. This boy repented. He recognized I'm not all that. I'm not owed all that. I don't, I, I, I realize that, you know what, I'm just as bad as the next person. I, I'm in need of, of a Savior. I'm in need of a, of a Father's love. I, I'm in need of, of a love that, that's beyond my deserts and, and what I deserve in my life. And the son said, Father, I, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And the boy couldn't even get the words out. It's important. If you have to constantly beg to be in somebody's life, you probably don't belong there. It's amazing. The father didn't even want to hear all that. He stopped him in the middle, and he starts speaking to the servants because everybody had an opinion. So, so what was happening with the boy was real, but he knew everybody watching had an opinion. So he starts speaking to those around him, and this is what he said to, to, to the servants. He said, bring out the best robe and put it on him. These were the finest clothes that a person could wear in these times. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.